The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another, another edition of the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat Podcast. I thought you were about to call it the Go Power Cat Podcast, and we were going to have to redo it. Man, I don't suck. <laughs> GoPowerCat.com. We don't suck. There we go. Hey, uh, welcome to another edition of the Powercat Podcast. Uh, I will not call myself the Wizard of Pod this week. Or did I just do that? Turn it off now. Tim Fitzgerald, Rallygate, Zach Carlson, who already wants this podcast shut down, probably wisely. Um, And we are brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Get into the fridge. Say hi to Kevin, the entire gang. Best deals on liquor you're going to find. Best deals on beer you're going to find. Um, and uh, the nicest people around. The Fridge Wholesale Liquor, right there at the corner of Westport and Claflin in beautiful MHK. That was yes. almost like an adult read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in there the other day. Well, what would you get? I got uh, some fresco. Oh, oh, well, it was Friday. And so on oh, Fridays. Yeah, yeah, Fridays. That's different. Well, no, it was Friday, and so I don't like to go, you know, out to Aggieville on Friday or anything like that. You don't? Well, not before a big game, especially. Oh, uh, yeah, game. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I don't want to be hung over at work or anything. No, that's good. That's good responsible but I had adult to re- stuff. Like, I had to stock up, so I got a bottle of Crown, mm-hmm. and then I bought some, bought a little bit of beer. But then, so Fridays are my random beer Fridays, is what I call them. Mm. So, like, if I'm not going out, I just kind of like to hang out at home, either you know, watch a movie, play PlayStation, whatever, hang out. Yeah, you're but a wild one. You get a, a, I get a six pack of a beer I've never tried before. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. What'd you get? Bob's Forty Seven. Oh, it's good. That's it good. Really Bob. good. That's yeah, good beer. Uh, yeah, some people have Friday nights where they try randoms, but it's not beer. So maybe you want to try that sometime. <laughs> All right. Well then. Uh, K State. UTSA on a Saturday, a 3 p.m. kick. Weird time, Zach. I'm not sure I like 3 p.m. It's just kind of weird. Why 3? It's like an NFL kick. I hate uh, it. I hate it so much. Just, I mean, look, you can't do this to me. Kick at 11, 2.30, and 6. Do those three windows. That's all That's all I'm giving you, man. You can't be switching stuff around on me like this. I agree. But when you guys go to West Virginia in a couple weeks, you will have a 2.30 kick. But you won't because it'll be 3.30 there. I don't like that. It's awful. I was hoping for an 11 a.m. kick, which means it's a noon kick. Yeah. That's, that been great. that's really the best place to do it. Best place to do the noon kick. See, that's my philosophy. If the Big 12 ever becomes a Big 16, you got to add another team or two in the Eastern and then a couple teams in the Mountain or you know, so like you can have 11 a.m. kicks that kick at noon and then like 8 p.m. games that are actually kicking at 6. See what I'm doing here? So you cover all those time zones, and I think it really makes your TV contract awesome. I want Big 12 after dark. No. 9 o'clock kicks, please. You know what I want from K-State football? I want uh, K-State football with the light turned on because their lights are not functioning right now. 
they are not very bright as a football team. But I'm sure we'll get into all that. I'm I'm guessing people have some questions about K-State's 31 to 10 loss to Mississippi State. Uh, it felt more like 51 to 10. Uh, but it was only 21 points. Uh, and uh, we'll just jump right in. I don't know what we got. I haven't looked at the questions. It's a really good, really good uh, gathering of questions here. Awesome. Good work, guys. Yeah, good work, gang. They're not all guys, by the way. Good work, gang. Well, this week, I, oh, okay, I, got, I can't defend it. You say don't that. know. I can't. I apologize if there was any women that asked questions. I mean, let's be honest. Someone could sign up with the name Dude Named Carl, and it could be Carlene. That's fair. I apologize. To any women Sexist. I People lie about their real identity on the online all the time. I apologize. Let's just get to the you questions. You should probably learn that after that uh, incident with, never mind, the dude named Bill that was Tammy. I don't know what I'm talking about now. I was going to set up a catfishing thing there for you, but it just didn't work. Let's move on. Zach, what do you got here? Here's your questions Here's from the first half from Meow Power. Are the offensive struggles a result of an inexperienced staff, or does it have more to do with the type of talent we have? I mean, I don't think you can honestly look at the – I don't think you can't put any blame on Andre Coleman. Can you? I mean, not to say – I'm not trying to say it's his fault, but – Basic inexperience. It doesn't. You've never done it before. Right. It's completely new. So I think some of that has to go to you. I mean, I think a lot of people assumed he was going to be some savant, you know, like a math wizard, and you put up a pro problem on the board and he's going to solve it. Uh, he's going to learn. Um, I think number step number one, he's learned. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, the offense hasn't looked radically different. I think we got ripped off on these new rims. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in his defense, I think he had some stuff planned here for Nick Lenners at tight end that went away with his, you know, season-ending injury, um, or what we assume is that. Well, we know it's that. And uh, <laughs> let's just go out. We know it's that. Um, I'm not ready, but, to- I, but I've been disappointed. I, I don't I don't see a level of creativity that I expected. I don't see a signature here. I don't see an identity, a definition of what they want to be offensively. They want to run the ball, but they've kind of been attempting to do it in a very simplistic way. Um, I, I mentioned this in my post-game grades. Just go back and look at the Chiefs. And they're running jet sweeps. They're throwing to the fullback on a wheel route. I mean, that's not crazy play calling. That's just diverse play calling. And uh, I just want a little more diversity, I think, in what they're doing. Maybe they'll settle in. I don't think this off. I don't think the players have played particularly well, but I don't think they've been put in a particularly good position either. So, I mean, I'm not ready to say it's all on the players because it, these are mostly the same players we saw last year. Right. And it was a decently successful offense. I mean, we know that Skyler Thompson is a better quarterback than he's shown. We know Alex Barnes is a better runner, and we know this offensive line is better. So. I don't necessarily want to put it there. I think it's just trying to figure this out. But all you need to know about the Big 12 and its pass-happy offenses is this simple fact. Alex Barnes is currently the leading rusher in the conference, and I don't think Is any, he really? I don't think anyone would be sitting around thinking he's doing a great job. Or, you know, the, oh my the, God. the offense as a, a whole is doing a great job. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's crazy. From I Like Pickles Cat, do you miss Dana Dimmel? Dana Dimmel. <laughs> 
Look, that's kind of a funny question, but also at the same time, I just kind of wanted to throw it in there because you people are now realizing that we're really against Dana Dimmel. I think you're realizing he wasn't really the reason that yeah, the K-State offense sputtered out. He, a lot of people villainized him. There were some things you could get upset with him, but in general, his play calling wasn't awful. And in general, he was just following what the head coach wants called. And we're still seeing that on the field with the head coach wants run in terms of offensive style. They've gotten away from some foundation things, though, that I thought they would revisit with a new coordinator. Screen passes. Not not those throws out into the flat of the running back where he's go, he's trying to catch with his back to the field and it's just awkward. I just want a screen pass, man. Go set that up. And, I mean, that, that takes advantage of a team like Mississippi State that might be overplaying things and thinks they're dominating. Let's go get the quarterback, and then they realize, oh, it's a screen pass. Um, you know, they, just the option. If you're going to put Alex Delton in, I, I don't, I'm, we might have a question about this. I don't know. Can we stop the fallacy that these two quarterbacks are the same? They're not. They're not the same. Let's stop trying to pour them both into the same container and call plays based on their skill set. And if that means when you put Alex in, you're going to run some option, you're going to run a little more zone read, you're going to put him in better situations throwing the ball in which he's not having to read coverage as much. Let's stop with this and and, and design things around around the players, which I thought we were going to get, and we haven't. From Skogat, from Sko Cats. Okay, can so, you spell that? All right, so S G O Cats. A lot of people say Sko Cats, S K O Cats, because when you're saying let's go real fast, it's Sko. But uh, Sko. this is S G O Cats. A little harder to say. Sko. Anyway, he asks Fitz and the gang, if you could have changed one decision that was made in this game for the offense, what would that change be? For instance, the decision to put Alex Delton in or punting from the 36 in the third quarter. Both of those examples, well, first off, putting Alex Delton in, I don't think really changed an outcome. Well, let's point out, and I don't think a lot of people caught this because he did take another snap after it. Skyler got his bell rung a little bit on that possession. He ran up the middle and kind of got hit and he was a little bit slow getting up so I think that played into the decision to put Alex in at that time so I I don't think that's necessarily game changer and and the punt that they had on the fourth down there I did say at the time that I kind of wish they would gone would have gone for it but a in hindsight it doesn't matter and b even if they'd have gone for it there I don't think it matters Look, this game wasn't lost based on one or two decisions, one or two mistakes that were made, an interception here and there. This game was lost because K-State was not better than Mississippi State. They were not close to better. Just flat out, they were not a better team. Mississippi State was far... I appreciate the players, the K-State players, having confidence in themselves and in their teammates. But to come in there and say that, that that team was beatable, that that team was on the same level as them. They just didn't execute. I'm sorry, that's that's inaccurate. It, it was a physical mismatch, but for the first time in a long time, you could really look at things and say it wasn't a coaching, coaching mismatch in K-State's favor. I think Mississippi State's got something cooking. I, I just have a feeling Moorhead at coach is legitimate. I, I don't know. I think if he continues to get players like they've got, 
Um, I th I think they're going to, you know, they're just stuck in a division with Alabama. That's the thing. They're going to be third at best in the SEC West. I, I don't agree with you, your take on that because, honestly, though, I haven't watched enough Auburn and, and uh, Louisiana State, but I've seen enough football to know that's a really good football team. Um, but if you've got a really good defense that can take away the run game and force him to throw, that totally changes them. I know that all those teams in the SEC West have a good defense with the exception of Ole Miss and Arkansas. And I know that LSU and I think Auburn both have better quarterbacks throwing the ball. So that's for that opinion. I, all I know is that division is just... I'm ready to old takes exposed a couple of Mississippi State fans that were in my mentions when they finished third or fourth in the SEC West. I was not a the Mississippi State fans were not a fan of me on Saturday. I'll put it that way. They didn't like that opinion. From West Tejas Cat fifty, where's the weak link in the offensive line in terms of run blocking? The guards. Probably yeah, Abdul Beach yeah. who keeps getting pulled. Yeah, I well, look, I didn't think that in the first game they played with very much energy and enthusiasm and focus. And this game, those were NFL dudes. Uh, they just, they were better, man. So, yeah, maybe the guards, maybe we'll see some new players. We certainly saw Josh Rivas come in. Honestly, I'm not good at evaluating offensive linemen. My, my dad could sit there and watch a football game and, and just immediately point to a, why a play broke down based on what offensive lineman screwed it up. It was just amazing to sit there and, like, you'd have to slow down tape and look at it and go, oh, yeah, he saw that live time and I can barely see it. But uh, so it's hard for me to sit there and, and really evaluate in in the game who's screwing up unless it's obvious. I mean, but, but just the – But they got to be better. They just, they're just missing assignments. One guy at a time. They should be better. That's what's maddening. They should be better than this, and they're not. I mean, I think it's pretty – just to answer this question straight up, if you want to say who's the weak link, well, who's getting replaced? Who's getting pulled from the game? Yeah. Like, there you go. Me. From Canelio, has Scott France regressed to any of you? Maybe I'm seeing something most or not. He just had a few uh, – He's had a few penalties. Yeah, sloppy. I don't want to say lazy, but, like, he got his butt kicked off the snap and then made a really bad hold here and there, you know, full start. I don't think his ability has regressed, but we just haven't seen him do it yet. Yeah. There you go. I'm not too – folks, I'm not that worried about the offensive line. They'll get there. I'm just disappointed they're not there. It's not like this is going to be this way all year long. They will get there. Charlie Dickey will get them in line. I just thought the players would get themselves there early in the season. From Wildcat Wabash, I personally feel that a big reason Skyler did so well at the end of the games last year is he's great when he gets to play fast, make quick throws, and run more of a two-minute style offense. When they force him to play slow, he doesn't do as well. Are our coaches capable of tailoring the offense to start a game with more tempo? Kind of get to what I said. You should be tailoring around a quarterback. I don't disagree with you. I think you're a pretty good point. But this runs against how Bill Snyder wants to play. He wants to play methodical, slow teams down, not get in shootouts. But I think you're right. I think Skyler wants a little more click to the offense, a little more rhythm, um, and it's something they're going to have to really look at. That that might be exactly why he's better in a late-game situation where 
they have to be in a hurry up and pushing the tempo and less time to think and less time for a defense to think. So I think I think that's a really, really good point. In fact, we're going to stop the podcast forever right now. <laughs> so that, that's that, not true. That I like that point so much. We're we're out. Bye. That's not true. Let's go ahead. Uh, next one is also from Wildcat Wabash. Oh, well, that's bad because yeah. he, he, this question could be better, and I just try to cut him out. Go ahead. What is it? How long do we have to suffer through this two-quarterback system? It seems like they want Delton because he runs the offense they're used to but isn't an accurate enough thrower. I think they have honored them both for diligent work in the offseason. I do too. And I don't think that's the re- reason you put players on the field. I think you put players on the field because they give you the best chance to win. And you know what? If if you get outworked in the offseason but you're still the better player, you're still the better player. I think we're seeing that across the field on a num- and some other positions too. Put the best players on the field who give you in that game the best chance to win. What do I mean by that? Sam Sizelove might be the best answer against Texas San Antonio at middle linebacker if Elijah Sullivan's out this weekend. But last week, if Elijah Sullivan's injured, maybe Eric Gallon with mistakes is still going to be better athletically making up for those mistakes. So just put the best players on the field for that situation and let them play. Let them play. And if a guy's making mistakes, if the guy you're putting in because he doesn't make mistakes is making mistakes, screw it and go with the athlete and let him learn. Uh, just do it. From C Putnam 1, are we seeing the effects of not having someone like Del Miller on staff who has proven he can develop quarterbacks from year to year? Uh, I, don't, I, it's, I see some validity to that. Uh, maybe a little bit, but... <laughs> Again, this is, what, a two-game sample size, mm-hmm. and we were all aboard the Skylar Thompson train last year after he won at Oklahoma State. We were all aboard the Alex Delton train after he won the the Cactus Bowl. So I just think there are certain things you can get really upset about with K-State football right now, but I just think that putting a lot of this on the quarterbacks and saying they're underdeveloped is not necessarily accurate. Yeah, that's my second. Yeah, last question of Good the job. first half. Two and one half. You've already used up two of your three. Gold ribbon for you. From who for KSU? Does K State have any wideouts that can get separation? Well, yeah, Isaiah Harris can, but then will he catch the ball? I mean, Zuber can. Those dudes were good, man. Those are those. Uh, you know, I, I one of the NFL scouts hinted that. Half that defense could be drafted. That's a different level of athlete than what K-State has or typically sees even in the Big 12. Get concerned, I guess, if they can't this weekend. If they can't against West Virginia, which which typically has had trouble in the defensive backfield. So that's when I would start to get a little bit concerned. Give it a little more time. I'm very concerned. You should be concerned. Uh, but it's not time to wet your pants. Well, if it is time to wet your pants, go to the bathroom. But don't get so panicked that you wet your pants. This metaphor has gone off the rails. We're going to take a break here. Uh, you know what? We didn't mention Tanners. Holy golly jeepers. That's what you were waving to me about. Why didn't you do like the drinking a beer symbol? 
Why didn't you do the like putting a, putting a Philly steak sandwich in your face symbol? Well, that that does not look like that at all. I that just yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Hey, I went to Tanner's uh, last night. Met a friend that was in town. Another friend came down. We did invite Marcus Watts, and he found us. Oh, that was drama. Oh my God, that guy. He he got left out of the party, and he wasn't happy. Anyhow, Tanner's was fantastic. Service was great. Bartenders were great. We had Monday Night Football and Royals Baseball. It was fantastic. So you had two very mediocre sporting events. Got it. Royals rallied and won. Who cares? They're screwing themselves at this point. They're the battling embryos. They're little tiny young things out there winning ball games. I'm happy for the Royals, and I'm happy I was at Tanner's Bar and Grill in Aggieville to watch that game when I was paying attention. That's supposed to be a deeper conversation. Anyhow, Tanner's gets their alcohol from the French Wholesale Liquor. Why don't you? We'll be back on the other side with a whole other segment. It's called the second half. Which is really weird because there's three segments. It's very complicated. The Power Camp Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Man, we did so much stuff in the break. <laughs> yeah. We did. We like uh, painted some walls. I grew a foot. He grew. grew. No, Hold on. Didn't. Hold on. Does that mean like you grew a foot taller? Or I grew a third foot. A third foot. Uh, we are sponsored by French Wholesale Liquor. It's a three o'clock game on Saturday. That is premium tailgating time. Can we agree on that? Well, yeah. You don't sure. have to wake up. You don't have to fake it by, you know, fixing breakfast stuff. Thank goodness. I mean, look, my wife, uh, for their tailgate, made a really nice breakfast. Uh, she called them uh, tacos because they weren't really big enough to be burritos. They're like soft tacos. 
they looked they were good. I had some leftovers. It was fine. But that's not tailgating food. Tailgating food, it's stuff on the grill or fried chicken. You can literally do whatever you want at a tailgate just because it's early. You don't have to make breakfast food. You don't have to make some crappy breakfast casserole. No, that's not how it works at all. There's I rules. disagree with There's you. Rules. It's on the back of your ticket. Eggs and cheese. Just eggs and cheese? together. Uh, so, th- anyhow, 3 o'clock kick. Premium tailgate time. Get to Manhattan early. It's supposed to be a little warm on Saturday. So Lovely. You need refreshments. You can go to the fridge and get everything you need. Ice and uh, alcohol and pop and Red Bull. Solo cups. Solo cups. Whatever color. I don't know. They may have purple. Just go to the fridge. Just don't worry about that at home. Your liquor, your local liquor store might be fine, but why carry all of that weight of alcohol to Manhattan and cost yourself literally hundreds of dollars in gas? But that's how much alcohol I would carry. Maybe, maybe you would be a smaller sampling of alcohol, but come to Manhattan, go to the fridge, stop in. It's right there by the stadium, for God's sakes. Well, I mean, I wouldn't walk it, but it's close. You can drive, park, and... Go to the stadium. I've seen people walking farther. <laughs> Damn lazy. I'm just saying. The fridge not, I don't advise it. I just right it. across from uh, the place that Bill Snyder eats at all the time. Uh, and this segment is brought to you by the bank. Is that what you meant? The bank? Is he at the bank? That's weird. Why would oh. he eat at a bank? Oh, I, I, I was confused. I'm sorry. You should be confused. <laughs> I don't want to go on a, on a tangent here. What? But I had Bill Snyder was in my dream the other night. Oh, hold on. And All right, now we're going on a tangent. Hey, <laughs> Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill, we'll be right back. we got to hear from Zach Carlson. Go ahead. And he was in my dream, and I was on the sideline. He asked me to go get Taco Bell on the sideline during the middle of the game. You really had this dream? I really had this dream. Did you go? Did, did the dream continue where you were at Taco Bell? I started walking up the south stairs, up whatever those sections are, and then I woke up. Hmm. But that happened. <laughs> Now that you mentioned that, I, I had a I had a dream that once I I went to Taco Bell and was in line for 15 minutes. Oh, that wasn't a dream. That actually happened. Mm. Just not. Come on, man. You're making tacos. You've got like four things in your kitchen, from which you make 50 menu items. It's not that hard. I wish I still added sound to the pod. We still added sound to the podcast. I'd put something really weird in there where he said. I had a dream with Bill Snyder in it. Mm. Hey, uh, <laughs> speaking of dreams come true, Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill. <laughs> they have really good tacos, actually. I'm a shrimp taco guy, and they have very, very nice shrimp tacos. You can get in there, uh, you know, and uh, shrimp are uh, small. That's why they're called shrimp. And uh, they fit nicely in a taco, which then fits nicely into your mouth. Gullet. And, and yeah. Eat them. They have rice and beans with them. Oh, it's so good. Get into Wahoo Fire and Ice Grill. Uh, I, it's my favorite restaurant in MHK, and there are some exceptional restaurants in this town. Uh, but I like Wahoo not only for the food, but for the service, the atmosphere, and uh, uh, the hugs. From, from Mark? From Mark, Mark gives us hugs? Mark, Mark, Mark hugged me last All time. All right, so. Mark. What the heck, man? He's got a scruffy beard. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> and now we move on to uh, your questions in the second half of the Powercat Podcast. Here we go. From Yao Power, what are your thoughts on Daquan Patton after the first two games? Eh. Uh, nothing special, but nothing Yeah, exactly. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. Can you make that noise? For- yeah. Uh, not great. Uh, you know, I saw him out of position a couple times, and they are trying to get him lined up. Yeah. So, well, it's Daquan Patton right now. He could be really good, though. He's he's an athlete. From GT Cat, after two games, in what order do you rank these three cornerbacks? Duke Shelley, Walter Neal Jr., or A.J. Parker? Uh, Duke's either... T- one or two. Duke played well. I don't, yeah, Duke played Duke well. This played game, well. But he played awful in the first game. Yeah, Duke really. I think they got in Duke's ear and said, "Look, man, you're not going to be on the field. If you keep playing that way." Uh, I would go. I would go a three-way tie. <laughs> Honestly, it's very tough to split hairs between AJ Parker and Walter Neal because. They've been very Daquan Patton-esque, where they haven't done nah. anything special. But Maybe that's how we just do that through the whole podcast when we're talking about K-State football so far this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think I'm willing to say that Duke Shelley had a good enough of a recovery in this game to solidify himself at number one. I, I, I want to point out that I thought the secondary actually played pretty well. That I know Nick Fitzgerald wasn't very accurate, but a lot of times those balls that weren't thrown very accurately, there still was good coverage. It wasn't like a guy was wide open very often and he just missed him. That happened once in a while. But I thought the secondary was vastly improved, although it was covered up by the simple fact that men named Fitzgerald are not very accurate throwing the ball. Fair. I know. From it's genetic. My like pickles cat goes has, back to Ireland when we couldn't throw potatoes worth a damn. <laughs> Good God creep. dang it. From my like pickles cat, has Brian Norwood been our best coach in terms of having his unit ready for games? Uh, Can I do it again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate that that's becoming a consistency, but like by uh, default, I guess. Yeah. In this game, certainly, because the defensive line sucked and the linebackers sucked. So, yeah, I would I would go that far. I, you know, they weren't particularly awesome in the first game, but I don't think anybody even comes close, really, on the defensive side. Yeah, I don't think either side of the ball. I don't know who's played better. Uh, nobody. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Don't argue with me. <laughs> Doesn't like it when I call him out. No, I just don't think – I think that the secondary – I think about that. I think that first game was a bit of a struggle, but I think that was more knocking the rust off. Um, and like you said, I was really impressed with what they did against Mississippi State. I thought – yeah, I do want to know what they said to Duke. He kind of got embarrassing mm-hmm. in South Dakota. He did. Uh, the only position group I would say has been better have been the uh, specialists. But on, in terms of offense, defense, yeah, I think you're right. But they just they haven't really – well, the punting game has not been good. I'm sorry. Mm. Bernardo Rodriguez had, like, two well, good why, punts. Well, he, I, I think the, he came – I think they just experimented with him. He's a better coffin punter. No, I thought he was – I thought they put him in because it was short range. 
because yeah, they put Hicks they put Hicks back in later. Look, when, Hicks has a when leg, they had but... a long when they had a long ways to go, but when they that thirty six yard punt or whatever, and then there was the other one that was pretty close. Bernardo Hicks has in. a leg, but if he's within, if he's on like K State's forty, it's a touchback. Like he can't pin it. Everything's just a touchback. I miss Nick. That's going to be the theme of this year's podcast. We miss Nick. Yeah. From Powercat 4000, is UTSA a real threat on Saturday? No. 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 I was. Uh, I think South Dakota would beat them. I do, too. They're in a rebuild. They've been good, the, decent the last two years. This is a rebuilding year for UTSA. And I like Frank Wilson, their coach. I think he's sharp. I think he's done some amazing things there when you consider – you know that he took over for Larry Coker, who didn't do amazing things. But this this is not a good UTSA team. I was doing some research um, for my defensive story oh, earlier today. That. Stop! Yeah, stop, stop working. Uh, would uh, Would anybody? I've already asked Zach Fitz. Would you like to take a gander at what uh, the total amount of rushing yards that UTSA has put together this season is? Okay, uh, let me clarify. Team. Isn't taking a gander looking at something? Oh, I think you're right. Yes. I apologize. So if I did take a gander at it, I would don't, probably you get don't the get answer to look. right. You don't get to look. I'm going to say total yardage so far, 164. Lower. Holy crap. 144. Lower. 124. Lower. This is two games combined. Yes. 50. It is 100 yards total. So 50 now, a game. in fairness, <laughs> when you... T- <laughs> When you take out their quarterbacks, they have rushed for 150 yards. So they're getting how many sacks are they giving up? I don't have that right in that's, front of me. That's one of the things I don't like about college football. That sack yardage is counted into rushing yardage. Cordell Grundy has 19 carries for negative 40 yards, and well, DJ Gillens has six carries for negative 10 yards. His name is Cordell Grundy. Yes. Cordell Grundy. Their top carrier, B.J. Daniels, the running back, 25 carries for 114 yards. After that, Jalen Rhodes, 5 carries, 28 yards. This is not a good offense. Their passing game is thrown for 375 yards through two games, which could be worse. Cordell Grundy. (laughs) Wasn't, Wasn't he on the Andy Griffith show? And starring Cordell Grundy. <coughs> sure. I don't think so. Next Anyways. Question. From the Ginth, I'm hearing grumblings and rumblings between coaches and Sean slash Bill. Supposedly, Dimmel was the problem last year, but maybe wasn't the case. People even talking about animated chats between coaches on the sidelines what are you guys hearing i I haven't noticed that but i mean sidelines are animated animated chats on the sidelines happen it doesn't matter how good close you are we have animated chats around here all the time except actually we do animation (laughs) and but the demo wasn't the entire problem it was a clash of personalities so maybe that's going on guys get emotional yeah i don't know We'll, we'll monitor this. I promise you that. We will monitor this going forward because I have heard stories of tension in the coaching ranks, and I have asked people about it, and they've looked at me like, what? 
so I don't know. From West Tejas Cat 50, why do we not make more halftime adjustments during a game anymore? Sure seems like we got what we got what we got after quarter one or after Q1 in Snyder 2.0. I mean, uh, again, I, it goes back to it doesn't matter what you were going to do against this team. I, I agree with that, but I do, I do see his point. I just see some things about this team that don't fit Bill Snyder football. They don't get gashed in the run game like that. They, they commit whatever resources they have to to stop the run, and they couldn't. That doesn't happen. Offensively, he's always been so creative that he can generate something out of nothing. It's not happening. It's just not. I, I just I don't understand what's going on. And I would agree that I would think maybe coming out of the locker room, then they'll put in Alex Delton to run the option where they don't have time to make adjustments. From Garcat12761. Uh, it's a lot of numbers. Isn't that that song? Car, cat, one, two, seven, six, one. That's no, Jenny, Jenny. Never mind. You tried. <laughs> I tried. That one failed. I apologize for that one. Is the dysfunction and lack of production of the team strictly a lack of talent, or is Bill Snyder not able to lead as he has in the past? I, I think they're already into some injuries. We're now confirming that Denzel Goolsby's lost for the year. Uh, and Nick Leonard's lost here. That's two games, two starters. So if you keep this pace up, you're going to have 12 injuries. <laughs> Not good. Well, let me take a shoe off. 12. Um, but they uh, they also have young coordinators. They're finding their way. They're learning. Yeah. What do we think? They were gonna they're gonna coach like veterans right out of the gate. Guys that had seen it. That's the thing. It, it was. <coughs> Excuse me. There, there was going to be lumps along the way. You were going to take them, and you're still going to take them. And they're not going to go undefeated the rest of the season. They're going to have games like South Dakota where they can't do anything right. It seems like it, it me, sucks. Let I me get take it. your metaphor. Uh, coaching, being a coordinator, is a little bit like making gravy. You're going to have lumps, and it's hard to be delicious. And somebody always complain about the gravy. That's fair, I guess. From Cliff Clavin. Have we wandered into hot garbage here? Me, me in particular? Yeah. Okay. You've been pretty bad. Okay. Thank you. From Cliff Clavin, 754. True or false, K-State makes a bowl game this season. True. <laughs> True. What? I don't know. In the world was that? <laughs> I've almost said false. I think this team's got some issues, but oh, I'm trying not to we overreact. Do we do this crap every year. Look, we go, okay, no, this okay. happens all the time. They have a mediocre non-con because they might lose a game or maybe they go 3-0, whatever. They play like crap. They go to double overtime with Louisiana Tech, okay? They play bad in the non-con. Everybody freaks out. Man, we're a three-win team at best. And then they go through the season. They get their butts kicked by some good Big 12 team in the start of the conference slate. This year, that's going to be West Virginia. And everybody's going to panic. And then suddenly, they're going to string together three to four straight wins, win five of their last six, and go to a mediocre bowl game. I'll say this. They better win the rest of their home games. Yeah. I'll give you that. 
And they can. Texas. It's very doable. Kansas. Tech. Oklahoma State. All winnable games. Baylor. I don't know about Baylor right now. Oh, come on. I, it's early. Let's, oh, goodness. It's down there. Duke's going to beat Baylor this weekend, and everybody's going to realize that Baylor's not. Duke Shelley by himself? Uh, Iowa State looked like hot garbage. Well, they'll get Kyle Kemp. They, they didn't have Kyle Kemp. Well, last year they didn't have their quarterback, and they ended up with Kyle Kemp, and they were okay. <laughs> their quarterback played linebacker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they uh, they didn't look good with him. I mean, they scored, uh, what, three points the entire game? I don't know. Iowa State's going to be fine. Now you're on the Now you're Matt Campbell's fan. I've always been a Matt Campbell fan. Seems to me you weren't buying into them last year. Yeah, and I got burned on that okay. big time. So now you've always been a fan. I just hope it's not the cheese at bowl. What, what's the cheese at bowl? No, the, cactus the cactus bowl. bowl. Is it the cheese at bowl now? It's the cheese at bowl. Mm-hmm. Did we not oh, talk about this on I a previous podcast? Dude, I don't listen to the crap you guys say. Hey, uh, yeah, that's a. I don't ever want to go back to that bowl game. Zach doesn't either. No. I don't. I'm just tired of going to Phoenix, especially when that's how you have to cover a lower bowl and then they act like you're covering the damn Super Bowl. But I I just want the Vegas Bowl to be added to the Big 12. That's all I They're going to a bowl game this year. Freaking what, man? This Armed isn't a bad bowl. team. This isn't a bad team. Actually, no, they're probably going to go like the Russell Athletic Bulls just to screw our budget. But uh, they got to win nine or ten games yeah, that, to go to the Russell Athletic yeah, Bowl. That's the yeah. third bowl. Oh, wow. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> that. that which, uh, no, I mean, I mean, we're looking Liberty or Armed Forces. This is probably our best. That's a drive. Best choices. Okay, onward. From Solly43, this is the last question of the second half. Solly. During the offseason, coaches were asked to make comments anonymously. Anonymously. I can't say anonymously. Um, about Anomena. opposing teams. Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> One of the comments in regards to K-State was, you've had vanilla-flavored ice cream for so long, eventually you're going to start craving strawberry. This comment was in regards to keeping Snyder around. During the game, that quote kept coming to mind. Do you think that the fan base is starting to crave strawberry? The fan base has been craving strawberry every year from February to November. And then December rolls around and K-State wins a bowl game. And they say, well, I mean, if he can do it, if he can win eight games and win a bowl game. I have said this over and over. I just don't want Bill Snyder to go down in a heap of flames. Yeah. I just don't. I want him to go out on a good note. And, I mean, I don't think this is going to be a heap of flames this year. But I think there's a real ceiling right now to this program. And it's not as high as what people would like. It's. Eight, nine wins, which is good and notable. Most programs would take it. But the floor seems to be dropping, too. So maybe the ceiling's coming down. We just don't know it yet. It's gonna, maybe it's 7-8, and we don't know it yet. And that's what it is. But the floor is going to be 5-4. You get into 4, and, man, you know, you go into that last game of the season, you're not playing for a bowl spot. It's hard. That's going to be really hard for fans to handle. I'd, I I, don't want to see it drop out on Bill. I don't want to see him go out on a bad note. I want him to see him go out um, with, you know, 
Uh, he's not going to go out after a Big 12 championship, but, uh, you know, a decent season, just walk away. But I think he's going to keep going, and I'm going to be really honest right now. I, I think the biggest problem here isn't that the quality of coaching or players are eroding. I think it's the head coach now has changed from setting his goal, his top goal is 11 wins and a Big 12 championship and a run to the national title. That would be great, but his goal is about forming young men into better citizens. That used to be something that went along with winning a lot of games, and now it seems like it's flipped the importance. And it's important, and it's nice to have good people representing your institution. It's nice to go into a, a press conference to talk to players, and they're very well-spoken, even though they're canned responses. But you're also the college football program, and they used to kind of find a balance between that and win 11 games. Times have changed. I think his priorities have changed. How's that for honesty? It's a good way to end it. And honestly, the priorities have never changed at French Hill Liquor or at Wahoo. They just, they, they, they're about good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, the overtime is next on the Powercat Podcast. The gang will return with more of the Powercat Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We're back on the Power Camp Podcast. First half's in the bag, second half's in the bag. Now we have a little more fun. Although we got some serious questions, right? Yeah, there's a couple in there. Yeah, so, you know, if you don't like the nonsense, uh, you've been screwed this whole podcast for the most part, but you're really screwed in the I overtime. I thought we had a pretty good podcast. Huh? Well, I've, I've had focus issues here. I think we can all agree with that. I'm, I'm, you know, got some things going on. I'm not sleeping well, and I'm a little loopy right now, guys. That's fair. I'm caffeinated but tired. That's a dangerous combination. 
It's kind of like drinking Red Bull and vodka all night. You're wired, but you're out of your mind. So we have been doing this podcast. Sober, but out of my mind. May or may not have drank a few of those this weekend. Hey, uh, that alcohol probably came from Fridge Wholesale Liquor because you either bought it or you were in a bar that gets it from there. I'm just guessing. I don't want to know what bar. I'm not going to go to that extent because, quite frankly, I'm not sure, and I don't want to falsely advertise for somebody that doesn't buy their well, liquor from the fridge. Are there's you also a me? chance this is where you're saying I have no idea where I was. <laughs> um, I know where. I was. Anyhow, the fridge provides liquor for a lot of the bars and restaurants around Aggieville. Probably a majority of them. So get into the fridge and uh, buy the good stuff. And if you don't. If you don't buy your alcohol from the fridge and you're a bar here, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? There's other fine liquor stores. They're just not the fridge. So there are fine liquor stores, but the fridge is freaking sexy. That's the fridge. The fridge is a 10. (laughs) The fridge is Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Okay, uh, and our our final segment here, the overtime, sponsored by the High Low. High Low. I was craving the High Low the other night when I was at home, and I almost drove to Aggieville on like a Thursday night to have that would have been a bad idea to have like a burger or pizza or some some of those pepperoni rolls. I think don't they deliver? Do they deliver? Mm. Oh, do they do Wildcat to go? I think they do Wildcat to go. <gasps> Uh-huh. But still, get into the high-low because it's a great place to be and play a little Milwaukee roulette. It's been a while since I've done that. I'm going to need to do that. Available I've for never, only 21-year-olds and above. I've never won Milwaukee roulette. Or maybe I've won every time, depending on <laughs> what your goals are. <laughs> Define win. So what? So when you play Milwaukee roulette, what do you get? Hams? Yep. I have gotten hams before. I'm just shocked they Jonathan still make Deutsch that. Jonathan Deutsch got a Bush Light. Hams. <laughs> I like Jenny Bush Light. Light. No, that's what I'm, this Bush Light's so basic. It's like, oh, okay. I want to say Old English, but that's a polish and not a beer. I've had beer that tastes like polish. <laughs> Here we go. Here's your question from Wild Bass Station with Mr. Zach Carlson. From Add to Cart Cat, Stripe Out Day, I thought the purple sections were good, but... <laughs> well, what's he what say? <laughs> but the white sections. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> they suck. They were what? What do you say? You can say it, Zach. Come okay. on. Okay, we're gonna start talking, and you can add throw that word in. Whatever you get yourself controlled. Dude, they do not do it right. It can't. Well, look, I know <laughs> the white sections had too much purple mixed. In. <laughs> That's all he's left. Sounds about? so racist. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Very disappointed in Kansas State. Uh, hey, uh, look, I know you want to do provide the T-shirts, but, I mean, you're talking about a quarter million dollars well, to provide 50,000 T-shirts. Then don't, then don't expect people to wear what you want them to wear. Like, Here was I just the think problem as defined to me by my 82-year-old mother who's very wise. It was just cool enough on Saturday where you had to wear a coat some of the game. And who has a white coat? Well, I can think of a group of people that do. <laughs> so that there was a lot of people out there wearing like a even a windbreak or something, but they were purple or gray or 
I agree. Uh, let's let's stop with the stripe outs of a football stadium. And also, I don't mean to talk bad about whoever made the shirt. I'm sorry. This year's stripe out shirt looked like children made it with a bunch of stickers, and they threw a bunch of stickers on a shirt. Oh, I thought it was cool. I did not. I thought. I mean, it's. What did it look like? I didn't even see it. Just like just random things on there, it, like footballs and grills. It's and, a 2018 style design. That's kind of it's in. It's an in thing. I did. Not I thought it looked fine. It. I did not care for it. I think. They should do like a purple out every game. Don't forget your power towel. I think if your person sitting next to you is not wearing purple, you take them to midfield and slaughter them. And that'll that'll teach that'll teach the rest of the fans that you wear your purple next as you hold their head high. Say, ah, okay, went too far. The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect that of goparacat.com. Thank you. Next question. Goodness. From Meow Power, how old is Bill's press conference podium? Has it been there since the start of the Snyder? True story. They have a very nice new podium. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. He won't use it. They had to go get his old podium and bring it down for him. So, yes, it's been there for quite some time. Uh, it's, uh, seriously, there's not liking to change your ways, and there's having an attachment to a podium. I don't know what else to say. From I Like Pickles Cat, are you still thinking that KU should fire Beatty as soon as possible? Yeah. Yeah. I think he screwed that plan up. They could have easily done it. Then they go up there with uh, interim coach and win a game, and all of a sudden, feel good. Yeah, you know like, what? He's got to probably win five games to save his job. Oh, I think that's un- unrealistically high. You think four would save his job? I think four would save his job. Huh. I think three would give him an argument. I don't think he'd win the argument, but I think he'd have an argument at three. Boy, that win at four would really screw him up, wouldn't it? Because it's still four wins in your fourth season. Improvement. I mean, this was the Texas game, so there you have it. They they did finish strong. I'll give them that. They look good at the end. But apparently now they have the ne- the next Doak Walker on their team. So, Lord, who was held out of the first game for unknown reasons, that eligibility issues. Yes, but they won't quite come out. Well, they did. But today they did. They did. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I uh, can't wait to watch him get bottled up for fifty yards on Saturday. Could be. From Wildcat Wabash. Can you briefly talk about where the men's basketball recruiting is at? It seems like every new article that comes up references somebody canceling on us. How underwhelming has this recruiting class become? How much trouble are the staff in with filling out this class? They're in spin mode. They're trying to spin this as it's all okay. You know what? It, maybe it will be at the end, but they're in, they're scrambling right now. They're losing their top guys. They're They're... They're probably out on McKinney. We don't know yet. I mean, he hasn't done anything officially. But, look, they're, you know, if, if you want to spin it that everything's okay, fans aren't dumb. It's not okay. This is not okay. So, I, I think they, I think they have remarkably scattershotted their recruiting where they've handed out so many offers, they were unfocused, and suddenly they got their focus too narrow. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, they 
all they had were these this group of guys. And all of a sudden, every guy that they lose, they didn't want anyhow. It's just it's craziness. It's oh, craziness. We don't talk too much recruiting on the podcast, so I won't no. get into too much specifics. But look, are there guys out there that they actually did back off of? Yeah. Well, when you offer seven thousand yeah. kids, I hope so. Realistically, you will not land all of them. Breaking news. But are there guys out there that are that they definitely did not back off of? That they definitely had interest in, and either they decided to go a different way or the recruit decided to go a different way? Yes. So I don't understand why that can't just be a thing. I don't understand why we have to paint it all as if everything's okay and they're still, they still have their top targets on the board. Just own it, man. But look, I don't understand. You're, why are you backing off guys at the same time you're losing guys? Yes. I know you still got guys you're interested in, but I refuse to believe that I knew more about the recruitment of Mario McKinney than the Kansas State basketball staff did. There's no way I did. But I knew he was always going to Missouri. So why did you not have a better backup option in place? That's all I'm saying. From well, we'll, we'll continue to cover recruiting rooted in reality. And you can trust that we are doing our best to get the actual information and not hand you talking points. That's not our job. Our job isn't. We are disassociated from the recruiting process. That is not just the honorable way to do things. That's the NCAA rules to do things. So we are not part of the recruiting process and will not be part of the recruiting process. We will tell you the truth on what's going on in recruiting. From Cat Kish. What are your thoughts on the facilities master plan? What do you see in store for a Hearn? I'm excited by the plan, essentially upgra- especially upgrading Bramlage, but it understandably lacks detail. Also, looks like parking will get worse over time at the sports complex. Stop with the parking, people. You are so spoiled with the parking. You have more parking at K-State than any other Big 12 institution. You have more parking adjacent to the stadium than... Almost any stadium, college stadium in the country, most college stadiums are on campus. You're off to the edge. You know what? I've got a really sweet-ass parking spot this year, and I'm a member of the media, which doesn't pay for parking. What's that tell you? That some donor who had a pretty good parking spot is no longer parking there. There's parking spaces out there. I can tell you, there's probably about 100 media parking spots that if things are tight, we will get moved to the rec complex and shuttled over. Something like that will happen. 100% guaranteed. So so that's okay. The people that are going to, quote, get screwed out of parking are the grass lot people, the, the, the lot right to the east of the stadium. The students? The students. You mean that grass lot or the one across the street? No, the one right there next to the east lot. That Yeah, that will get paved over. I can almost guarantee you that. I don't have been told that, but that's got to be the plan to pave that over. Why wouldn't they? Why haven't they? Yeah, Why haven't the they? I mean, they haven't because it's student parking, but it's going to become donor parking if they need it. Now, the only thing I don't really like, I don't like the alignment of the practice facility and the practice field. I think that's awkward. I'd almost prefer to have them side-by-side side running along Kimball. 
they they're clearly using the practice facility to dress up the crappy east side stands uh, i i know it's expensive just to do cosmetics but you got to do it man quit trying to cover that up even if it's a like a wall out front you know i just i don't know i just I like everything else about it except the positioning of those two things. I think it's awkward how they don't line up. They're jogged. I just think the whole thing is kind of weird. I don't like the $85 million at Bramlage. I, I think that's ridiculous. That does. I love it. I right. love it because right. they're essentially. You could build a new arena with that money. Ah, uh, not really, but uh, but some of that yeah, is. Yeah, you can. Some of that ties Bramlage into this football stadium. I'm going to be really disappointed if all they do at Bramlage is add that platform or whatever that they're talking about and then build out the Legends room and everything platform. else is what well, mid-level concourse. Well, yeah, like, gonna, I think they're going to gut they're going to gut the thing. Yeah. yeah, they're going to go through the side of the I, of the bowl I mean, and put a concourse in. They're going to carve that all out. My gut just tells me whatever 85 million dollars they spend at Bramlage is not going to be all that noticeable. Well, man. but here's the problem, and this kind of gets back to what you're saying, is they are going to crack the walls of Bramlage. That means ADA has to come up to code. So at this point, they probably will connect the basketball practice facility to Bramlage because that was the problem. Once you crack the wall, you had to change all the handicap access, uh, accessibility issues that you're falling behind on. If they can really dress it up and make it look better and make more usable space and more. The bowl sucks for older people. Getting up and down those stairs is really difficult. And your donors want seats down low. And your donors tend to skew older. It's kind of a bad situation. It's a poorly designed facility they're going to fix. But I'm kind of with you. If $85 million can build you a new arena, build a new field house, in the east parking lot, straight out from your practice arena. But I mean, you can make the same arguments about the football stadium too. You got you got forty four rows that you got to go down to get to row one, and there's no it's there's not, no inner concourses. It's not and you spend, nearly as steep. But you spend one hundred twenty five million building a new press box and a new football facility. Baylor Stadium was built for like two hundred fifty million, something like that. You just got to raise half that much more. And you get a new football stadium out of it. Baylor Stadium you know? has got some real deficiencies to it. They they dressed up concrete walls with. They fixed that. Yeah, because they got exposed. Yeah, they well, fixed it. They fixed it. But brick doesn't cost two hundred fifty million dollars <laughs> to, um, to put it in. Yeah, I, I would have preferred to see Bramlage become the volleyball facility, and not build mm. a volleyball facility. It's not and, big enough, or it's too. It's not small enough for volleyball. Well, you you have to change it. I mean, you probably take out a side or something and put it in your practice facility. But, yeah, I don't know. They're trying to do things without going over the top in expenses, um, keeping everything compacted to the area. I really like using Cat Down for the volleyball arena. And people are like, oh, you need volleyball arena. It's the next thing. I mean, you, <laughs> you don't need Cat Town. <laughs> yeah, and nobody's using Cat Town. So the Olympic training facility is important. I'm told those might be the those might be the top things on the list because they are urgently wanting to get out of Ahern because the facilities 
it's it's really dated. It's coming apart. It's not a usable facility anymore. And I don't know what the university is going to do with it. I'm told it's a protected historical building they can't do anything with, which I didn't know. I mean, I don't know what you do with it at that point. I love it, too. People are like, you can't take it down. Look, if it, I don't. I don't want just a big empty barn on campus. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you put a shrine to me in there. I think we can all agree that that facility and the magnitude of it is fitting of my ego. <laughs> Thanks for agreeing with me. From I Like Pickles Cat, Fitz, what did it cost for you to go to Aggieville in college? Just oh, an average God. night, because we had. How would I know? I was drunk. <laughs> just, what, just a guess, like average night. Not saying like twenty bucks. And is that like hammered, or is that just like? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, See, probably was, more than that. I can't remember what I would pay for like a Jack and Coke at Bushwhackers. I mean, we were just kind of arguing. Two bucks? Not arguing. We were discussing this on the pay board. Pay that now, Jack. Oh, maybe not Jack. You Sorry. can't even a not Jack. Not even a cheap whiskey. The cheap whiskey and a Coke is three fifty. Unless you're going on Thursday nights. Oh, I go on so, Thursday nights. There you go. I, weird. There was just a discussion on the board, and I was somebody was mad that the students don't go to the don't go to Aggieville anymore, and I said for two reasons: the RCPD's up in everybody's business all the time, mm-hmm. trying to get you in trouble for stuff, mm-hmm. and outside of Thursday nights. You, it's a good amount of money. I mean, speaking as someone who's had a few weekends where he's gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I've spent a good chunk of money. I, I so, agree with all that. I think uh, I, I know the RCPD wants to enforce the laws. They're just at times a little overzealous about it. I mean, parking cruisers in front of a bar for unknown reasons with their lights on is a little strange to me. Um and I know it gets expensive, but I think I think the reality is your generation lives through social media. We didn't have social media. If we wanted to see someone, we had to go to the bars and literally find them, you know? Yeah. So I think you guys can live through social media. I think the cost thing gets back into more... Why there's so many house parties? There weren't house parties when I was in college. You went to Aggieville. I mean, and people still do. It's just I'm not gonna go at 7:30 and stay out till one. Yeah, that's that's the biggest difference. Do you have any idea how much money and how yeah. exhausting that's going to be? Uh, well, I'm gonna stay at my house until 10:30, 11 o'clock. See, you're soft. I we, don't have. You don't pay me that much money to go. No, out at I'm not talking about the finances. <laughs> I'm talking about we did. We. I mean, you. You went Jeffing on Friday, which means you got out of class and went, thank God it's Friday. And Can you say that again? Jiffin'? Jiffin'? Yeah, it's T-G-I-F, but it's Jiffin'. Jiff? My Great. friends are lame, too. And and you drank. And granted, pitchers, you know, were, you know, buck or two bucks or whatever. But God, for that to be a thing again. Um, but you had less money then, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, yeah, it it's amazing to me. Now, I, I left work the other night. We're downtown now, and I, I went down Leavenworth and caught 11th Street and came up through there, and it was 11 o'clock, and literally a flood of people were coming to Aggieville. It, mm-hmm. it just, that is so different than when we were in school and even 10 years ago. You know, I, 
Aggieville just uh, screw what it was in the '80s. It was a whole different environment because of the two different drinking ages when I started college, all that. Um, but just ten years ago, kids came to Aggieville earlier, drank more. You could go out on a random Wednesday night and bars would be packed. Tuesday night, college got harder too. That I completely agree with. College got harder. I think when Kirk Schultz came in, college got harder at Kansas State. I started to hear more stories about the load of class assignments than I had ever heard. I I believe that. I don't know if it was concerted effort or what, but I think Kansas State did get more academically stringent under the more recent administrations. But I come back to this, and I think we saw it with some attendance, and there was a an op- virtually an entire open section in the student section on Saturday. And you know those tickets are sold. This generation lives through social media and Netflix and a little bit more than anyone else. It's a different world. It's just, I, I'll be curious in 20 years to see when you're 40-something how all this impacts society as a whole. I know this, we'll have the baddest military in the world because all your gaming skills will be used in real real time. Oh, we'll get there. Don't worry. Well, what, it's in a, this podcast. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. From I like pickle sad again. He had a good question yeah. this week, by the way. What is your favorite movie, and what is the worst movie you have ever seen? My favorite movie for a long time was always Anchorman. I always loved it. But then I watched The Departed a couple times. The Departed? Uh, yeah. Oh. Like, I had seen it before. Don't get me wrong. I had seen it before, but I wasn't really that clicked into it. And then it got on Netflix, and so I watched it a few more times. And now I think that's my favorite movie. Interesting. I love it. It's really interesting. Well, D. Scott Fritchin votes Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption. That's kind of hard to say. of all time. Zach, can you say that for me? Shawshank Redemption? Shawshank Redemption. That's kind of hard. Suppose you stop and think about it. Worst movie. I, I saw one of those jackass movies. Um, I don't know if it was two or three or whatever, and I laughed, but God, it was a waste of time. I think my favorite movie is Platoon with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I think <laughs> I just done great movie. Um, I like West Side Story. Um, Up. Sorry, watched watched Up again in Colorado. <laughs> While you were high, <laughs> was well, I was uh, intoxicated. Uh, and cried again. <laughs> and my friend Shannon was laughing at me the whole time. Quit laughing at me, the old man. It's the dog and a go. That movie makes me a mess. <laughs> it's a cartoon, for God's sakes. Here's my sneaky good movie that I really enjoy because it's stupid humor that I like. Roxanne with Steve Martin. Fair. I like that movie. Kind of charming little movie. I can't think of worst. I'd probably go Toy Story with my best. Yeah, Toy Story's pretty. That's pretty solid, man. Yeah. Uh, Worst. Worst movie I have. Well, I don't know. That's kind of tough to put that on the spot. uh, I just, I've got to be really sold on a movie to go to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anymore. Back in the day when, again, with expenses, movies are so expensive now, you're a little more selective. All of a sudden, waiting six months or nine months for it to come out in a different, you know, 
on pay-per-view or something becomes a lot more accessible. I would agree. Or you can pay $20 for it brand new digitally Oh man, in HD. Yeah, it's crazy. So I don't know. I, I, I probably saw some old horror flicks back in the day that were just awful. But I don't I don't know. Probably something on Showtime late at night. Just weird things. Okay. I can't think. I can't think. I've I, I've I, seen I, bad I, movies if recently. You, if you think of one, you can come back to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like <laughs> move it like it's like bad. The worst movies I've seen are usually on TV, and they're so bad that they don't deserve to know what the title. My is. My wife is watching a lot of Hallmark movies right now. You know, loves lusty revenge and mountain of lust, and they're all just awful. Awful. Okay, I guess Hallmark Channel. So yes. I'm numbed now that everything seems like it should win an Oscar compared to the crap playing in my living room on a nightly basis. Hallmark is the worst. Don't, I changed my answer. My wife will punch you if she hears you say that. Don't say that. I will say it. Okay. Good luck. From mean. Wildcat Will 41, Z Man and Danger Cat. I guess I have a n- nickname Z Man. Oh. oh. I like that better than Drone Boy. Um, <laughs> he has, What are your thoughts on the new Call of Duty Battle Royale? Have either of you played it? No, I haven't. I haven't played it either. I've I watched some gameplay on YouTube. I think it looks cool. It looks like PUBG. I kind of have some expenses coming through right now. Plus, I have uh, 2K sitting at GameStop waiting for me to go pick up. So, between 2K, Madden, Fortnite, I don't know if I'm going to be buying that Call of Duty. We'll see. I might buy it. I might what's, ask. ask what's the theme week. of this Call of Duty? I, I it's it. Black Ops 4. Oh, I so. think it's modern-ish now. Okay. So, but yeah, he's asking about the Battle Royale. Just like Fortnite, I was but everybody say, has to. Right now oh, they ripped off Fortnite with that. Yeah, I would say they ripped off Fortnite because oh, Fortnite wasn't off. first, but it was popular. Sorry, don't have okay. much to say. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, just uh, Parker asked another question, but it but it was so bad. It's such it's a so bad, bad that it doesn't deserve the time of day. I so. just wanted to call him out on the podcast. Oh, your brother. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're he good. keeps getting on Dad's account and asking oh, questions. Oh, for yeah. God's sake! So we're moving on. Cheap bastard. Last question of overtime from Canelio. Oh, we skipped Parker. Yeah. yeah. His question did not deserve to be asked. Doesn't deserve to be asked on the uh, podcast. I'll, I want to answer it. <sighs> no. I want. I want to answer it. <laughs> Fine. He. He. The it's thing so is, before, before. All right. We'll read it to Fitz because he just wants to hear it. But the thing is, you got to preface it with this. He always texts me, and tells me like, "Oh, hey, pick my question is real good. Like, I, I have a good question." Okay. So I get on the thread today and yeah, I look. It's, it's a crappy question. It was like, don't build it up. Don't build it up if this is all you're going to give me. Yeah, don't. Based on that, never let him set you up on a blind date. <laughs> wow. I must state that this is against my will, but I will read you this question. Okay. If McDonald's sold hot dogs, <laughs> what would they name it, and what would be on it? Like that's such a crap question. Why? Don't we, build that up. Why do we care? Well, I think it clearly would be the McWiener. They'd call it a McWiener, and you could put every, whatever you wanted on it. Boom. There you go. Next question. Oh, but they'd put, like, onions. they put those chopped onions that they put on, like, a quarter pounder. That's just really they're overwhelming. And I'd put ketchup on it. I think we got to move on now. Okay. I'm offended. Canelio asks, last question of overtime. This team, this program, this fan base, it's in a total funk. 
Think I need to take one for the team. Give me a crazy drink I should consume at my UTSA game tailgate. I don't care if it sucks. It has to be done. Give it to me. I gotcha. And it's not even a drink. Just go to the fridge, buy a bottle of Dr. McGillicuddy's, and just drink it. (laughs) What flavor? The mint, the peppermint one. It tastes like you're drinking mouthwash. Oh, no. Dude, dude. Last year on the Texas weekend, uh, I went to Hayes, because I didn't go to the Texas game, obviously. Um, So I'm in Hayes visiting my friends. So they go off to the tailgate because Hayes was playing pit that day. So they go tailgate. I stay at home. Well, not my home, but at my friend's home to watch the game and do my story um, from the TV. And then once I finish the work, once I send it off to you, I don't want anybody to get confused that I was drinking on the job. We... Opened up a bottle of that. K-State played like crap against Texas. I can't remember if Hayes won and they were celebrating or if Hayes lost and they were drinking it away. I don't know. We finished that bottle off so fast, we went and bought a second one. And it was fun. So just go get a bottle of that at the fridge and just drink that. I'm going to give you an answer because it is the drink of the month at Tanner's. Go to the fridge and buy a bottle of Jim Beam Vanilla. And you mix it with orange drink. It's called the creamsicle. Is it good? I'm told it's okay, but exceedingly sweet. So it's kind of like me. That's that's how we're that's how we're gonna end this. That's it. Do you have a suggestion? I said no. Water. Water. Drink water. Hydrate. You'll feel better about yourself and about Kansas State football. But only if that water is actually vodka. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.